0: You are listening to the Family Business Podcast, the podcast aimed at delivering insights to help your family business thrive. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and each week I'll be bringing you interviews from family businesses and their advisors from all over the world. So without further ado, let's get on with the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Family Business Podcast. I'm your host, Russ Hayworth, and I'm joined today by Mark Terrell from First Class Coaching Solutions. And today we are going to be talking about motivation and in particular the use of a um, tool or process called Motivational Maps, which um, Mark will tell us all about. Um, and we've actually completed a motivational map for me, so we're going to dig into that. So that that could be exciting. Um, so, firstly, Mark, hi and welcome to the show. Hello, Russ. Thank you very much for inviting me along. Um, so, as I say, we're going to be talking about motivation today. But perhaps before we get into that, you could explain. Um, a bit about your background, um, because you you were in a family business, uh, am I right in thinking? I was indeed.
1: uh, 30 years I was in a family business up until three years ago. I left school, joined that family business, which was a retail business. The business had been going for about 18 months and it was growing quite fast, so my dad was quite anxious to get some extra help. Um, I was the 16-year-old that had the dilemma do I join the family business or do I stay on and do my A-levels? Right. And I was getting pressure from both sides um, and I guess you could say that my dad won in the end. Uh (laughs) Um, So I joined the business and was given basic things to do from bagging potatoes and cleaning and all sorts of really exciting things to do. But as time went on, I gradually got more and more um, responsibility. The business continued to grow. Um, over about 10-year period, we grew the business from a, a turnover of about £3,000 a week to up to £45,000 a week. So wow. that was about 15 times um, turnover. Mm. So it was fast growth, which meant that it was quite exciting, lots going on. We were continually looking to expand and introduce new things and be quite innovative in that respect. And then... Um, after a while, my dad picked up on a new business, which is the video rental business. Okay. Uh, he got heavily into that, mm-hmm. and as he got more and more into that business, he passed over more and more responsibility for the retail business to me, which is all good. I liked having the opportunities to introduce things that mm-hmm. I like to do. One, I, I was still am uh, heavily into um, uh, bringing in um, technology whenever it's appropriate. Mm-hmm. So we were one of the first um, independent retailers to introduce scanning um, back in the day, which was you know, a long time ago. Yeah. Nowadays, you wouldn't expect any retail shop not to, not have, to it, have it, but yeah. we were one of the, the, I wouldn't say we were pioneers, but we were one of the first independents to get into um, scanning technology. Um, And um, so that kept just really busy. Then my my dad's business was kept growing as well. The video rental business became quite a boom for him. And he took basically took all his time running that business Mm -hmm. and expanding it. Um, And we kept on um, innovating and bringing the business up to what we wanted it to be um, and systemized pretty much everything so that it was running as efficiently as it possibly could. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the latter days, probably the last five or six years, I actually lost a bit of um, love for the business because everything was a bit too samey. Mm-hmm. It wasn't growing like it was. It got to a point where, it, yes, it was making lots of mon- you know a, f- a fair amount of money. It was keeping us in the- a fairly good lifestyle, but it wasn't really um, motivating me, I guess oh, you can okay. say. So um, we can talk a bit more about
0: why that was uh-huh. um, when we start talking a, a bit more about motivations a bit later. Yeah, absolutely. And so, presumably, you left left the business, and that was at the point that you decided to to share your experiences with other family businesses. Would that be fair? Uh, it wasn't straight away. Um,
1: I I was um, I had I had a coach actually um, during the transition of selling the business. We had an offer for the business. We were lucky enough that someone actually knocked on knocked on the door one day a large national retailer who wanted to buy it. um, And um, eventually, we decided it was the right time to sell. Uh Um, I was looking for something different. As I mentioned, I was a bit disillusioned, a bit bored, I suppose you could say. Um, And so, yes, so we we sold that business um, three years ago. and, And during that transition, I worked with a coach who sort of um, helped me through that transition because it's quite a big thing when you sell it was a family business that we had in this family for 30 years mm. so emotionally we were very much attached to it um, so she helped me through that and then to the latter stages that when the, the, the transaction was sort of finalizing she said well what are you going to do now Mark and I said oh, well I don't know she said well why don't you do what I do mm. which was coaching and I thought well I'd like to do it but as we all do we think, well." can I do it? Mm-hmm. Have I got the skills to do it? Uh-huh. Um, and she convinced me that I had obviously lots of knowledge, um, and, um, had a lot to offer from what she, she knew about me. So she encouraged me and I initially went into just general coaching and, and picked up some, co- um, some coaching clients. And then after a while I looked at the clients that I was working with and I, I knew that I, I noticed that there was a, a, a similarity and that there was quite a, um, a family business um, connection uh-huh. from husband and wife and and that up to a slightly bigger businesses with um, some teams. But there was always this family business connection. And I said to somebody once, I said, I was thinking about sort of specializing in family business. And they sort of looked at me with like a well, well, yeah, well, well <laughs> of course, sort of well, thing. And it's, sometimes it's, um, you know, it's staring at you. It's under your nose and yeah. you can't actually see it and you need someone to sort of point it out. Uh-huh. So that was when I decided that I would sort of um, drop the sort of just a general coaching and, and focus on offering um, something that actually appeals particularly to family businesses mm-hmm. because obviously I've had empathy with them. Um, and I think... Um, yeah, what I've sort of brought together is actually what I needed probably back uh, 10 years ago. Right.
0: Some skills and tools that I've brought together. Yeah, excellent. And one of those is uh, the use of motivational maps. So, c- could you explain w- what one of those is, please? One of the motivations? Uh, what
1: What a motivational map is. Okay. So, a motivational map. What a motivational map, um, a motivation map does. Um, it measures the the key nine motivations to work. Right. Uh, we all have them, all nine. The key thing is to know which ones are most important to you, and also the ones that are least important. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I mentioned earlier, the one, well, my lowest motivator is actually the, what we call the director, which is the the motivation to be in charge, mm-hmm. and to make decisions and be in the position of authority. That was the thing that I was spending most time doing, but it's the thing that least motivates me. Right. So that was one of the factors that became a problem to me, which I wasn't aware of. Uh Um, And now it's the one thing that I look at first time, I obviously see someone's motivation, post-motivational map. I see what their lowest motivator is Uh and see is that a problem to them in their business? Um, so it's it's just one of the indicators indications that from your map that you can actually use mm-hmm. within your within within your, within your business, so that you make better decisions for your business and for your for yourself personally.
0: Okay. Uh, and you mentioned there's nine motivations. Indeed. Um, obviously, we probably not time to go into all of those in in massive amount of details. But but if you could cover what those nine are, then um, we can uh, we can start looking at. <laughs> yeah yeah guess.
1: sure. what so the nine motivations are grouped into three clusters, and there's the relationship cluster, the, the achievement cluster, and the growth cluster. Within the the relationship cluster are the three uh, that are the three motivations we call the friend, which is the need for relationships and connections at work, the defender who wants safety, security and stability at work and the star who wants recognition and social esteem at work. Mm -hmm. Then the achievement cluster, the three achievement motivators are the director. The director, as I mentioned earlier, is the one that wants power, control, and influence over others. Mm -hmm. The builder is all about money and material satisfaction. And the expert is all about learning and being an expert and and a specialist in what you do. Mm -hmm. And then finally the growth cluster. The three growth motivations are the creator. The creator is somebody who wants to innovate and bring new things into being. The spirit, who wants to work with freedom on autonomy in their own and work in their own particular way. And the searcher wants meaning and making a difference. Okay. Uh, so that's that's the that's the nine motivations and, and what they're about.
0: And, and they've been pulled together, not in an afternoon by somebody sat on a park bench. Is there, is there a, a science behind it? Is, there, is it linked to, to other theories? Yeah, there is. Um, the creator of Motivational
1: Maps, which is um, a, a chap called James Sale, who I've known for over 15 years, he was looking at um, three models. Um, three models he was looking at was Maslow's hierarchy of needs, mm-hmm. Edgar Schein's Career Anchors, and the Enneagram, which is a personality profiling Mm -hmm. um, system. So when he looked at those three tools together, he saw that there was a correlation between the three and saw that there was um, an opportunity to use the technology and the the research within those three tools to bring motivational maps uh, and bring motivation, uh, to bring a, a tool together that actually measures motivation in the way it does.
0: Okay. And in order to get to the point where you understand where somebody's motivations are, that there's a number of questions. I've I've completed it, it was a little while ago that I completed it. But there's a number mm-hmm. of questions that you go through that are um instinctive questions rather than right or wrong answers. Um, That's right. And it's the combination of those that create the
1: That's right. Yeah. yeah. Without going into too much detail how it all works, there is um Two statements, which you choose, which one is most uh, appropriate for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like a s- sliding scale, um, and from all those those results or all those answers, the motivational map is um, is created. Okay, um, and th- there's two parts actually. One that actually measures which motivations are most important to you, mm-hmm. and the second one measures how they're being fulfilled or how you feel they're being fulfilled, which is. Um, a really important part mm, of it.
0: Yeah. So that's uh, effectively identifying what what motivates you, and then whether you're getting that or not. And presumably, you then apply that to your work with them and, and help them identify ways to to get more out of their roles. Exactly.
1: Because it because there's these scores, we can then start uh, thinking about well, if you've only scored say uh, one of your most motivations eight eight out of ten, then how can we get it to a ten? Um, or if, if, obviously if, if we've got a really low score, like four or five, then is that a problem? What problems is it causing you? Mm-hmm. What strategies can we put in place to help you achieve more fulfillment from that motivation? Um, and ultimately, when you're more motivated, you're gonna be more productive and generally perform better mm-hmm. and be a happier person with far more energy. Yeah. Because uh, that's basically what motivation actually leads to, uh-huh. is energy yeah. uh, and the energy to work. Uh-huh. And the, the more energy you have, the, the better you're going to perform and the better
0: yeah. you're, and more you can get from your work. completely agree. And the, the application of this, you mentioned you work with family businesses and with teams. Um, we've looked at it, obviously, on, on my individual basis, and, and we'll, we'll have a dig into that a, a little bit um, later. But in terms of working with families, Presumably, the interaction between each individual's motivators can show a lot in, in the family dynamics and relationships within that family. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: one of the things that does show up is attitudes um, to certain things. Uh, two of the motivations, well, we've been through the nine motivations. Two of the motivations uh, are money related. Um, one is the builder, which actually wants to. Uh, uh, that's about creating more money and more more affluence, mm-hmm. whereas the defender is more about saving money. So if you have two people that are working close together with those different attitudes or motivations around money, then that could, can cause problems, um, particularly if you know um, somebody wants the business to grow to earn more money, mm-hmm. but actually... Somebody else might want it to stay where it is because it's more safe. Yeah. Uh, and that uh, uh, could cause you know, conflicts mm. and misunderstanding. Yeah. Whereas if you had the motivational map beforehand, you can explore that and explain what's going on.
0: And with that insight, um, that can become less of a problem. It doesn't-, so it doesn't necessarily change their underlying view on things, but it helps everybody in the room to understand why that person may feel that way rather than how they want them to to be. That's
1: right, exactly. I mean, it's similar to a psychomet- psychometric. It doesn't change anything. It mm-hmm. just gives you a window on actually how someone might be behaving. Um, and you can make allowances mm-hmm. uh, and make it work okay. uh, rather than it cause a problem. It can, mm-hmm. you know, work and use, use the motivations
0: to the benefit of the business mm-hmm. rather than, you know in the other way yeah and do you come up against much scepticism d- depending on uh, sort of which generation of the business you're, you're working with uh, there's some that goes oh I don't need that <laughs> nonsense and others come on we need to, to get on with this yeah I, I, I do Actually, sometimes
1: obviously some people take more convincing than others uh, and they're generally the, the ones that have high, have high um, relationship motivations in their top three okay. because they then they're, they're the ones that least want change. Uh-huh. And so if they, you know, if they dabble into something, they don't know what they're letting self in for and they'd rather actually, no, I'll leave that alone and yeah. stay where I am. Thank you very much. So just by completing a map, I can again, I can tell reasonably well what their attitude is to uh-huh. change. Um, and um, handle things a little bit differently. It's, yeah. not, it's not that they are anti-change, but they they just need a bit more convincing. Mm-hmm. They just need a bit more information. Okay. They need to you know, probably look into a bit more deeper and um, get more background information, whereas somebody with high growth motivations are generally looking for to move forward, mm-hmm. to make, they're looking for opportunity to, to be a better Better person and learn about themselves, so they're they're always looking for those opportunity. Anything that comes along, they'll grab it and and do as much as they can with it, and then they'll be on to the next thing. Yeah. Which is there's no good or bad about either, but it's obviously just keeping everything in context mm-hmm. so it works for the business. Excellent.
0: Um, so we've covered some of that on a general basis. Should we dive into my motivational map? We yeah, we let's here. do that. That's, that's... Um, so, so uh, as I say, I answered um some questions. They were fairly straightforward, nothing in there that was was particularly testing or challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was presented with a report which I have, have now got. And if we look at my um profile, my my cluster analysis as it's called here. Sorry. Um, what, what's this showing you? So, so um, I'll, I'll PDF this and I'll, I will put a link to a page somewhere that that shares this um, on the website uh, so people can actually see what it looks like. Yeah. Um, but, but what are we seeing here? Uh, it's showing growth as my.
1: Yeah, so your, your cluster is your strongest cluster is the growth cr- cluster, which is the, the three growth motivations mm-hmm. brought together. Um, so you are quite forward thinking, um, make, you want to be the best you can be Any opportunities to grow and learn and be a bit a better person is, you know, that's generally going to be quite uh-huh. attractive to you. Okay. Um, I wouldn't disagree. That, and so yeah, that's, so that's what he's telling, telling you. There is a caveat with that because sometimes when you are very growth or forward thinking, you can Um, miss out on things that are already here Mm -hmm. so you know um, so sometimes you need to sort of pull yourself back and actually say no actually I don't need to get that new thing just at the moment I've got plenty going on here I I need to make the most
0: of what's already here rather than look for something new constantly going after the new shiny stuff (laughs) exactly yeah Yeah, okay Um, and then what does it say that so for example growth is my my biggest cluster next is relationship and, and then achievement yeah um you, you said it's important to understand uh the weakest area or lowest area of motivation as well so, yeah. so if achievement is is mine um what
1: does that yeah this guess? this will come out a bit more when we look at all the nine motivations, but achievement motivations are very important within business mm-hmm. so if you're if you are not particularly focused on making money and you're not particularly want to be in control and actually you don't particularly want to be an expert in what you do, those are key business attributes Mm -hmm. that could possibly, if they are particularly low, you have a low motivation, that could be a problem to you and that you're not particularly commercially aware. Mm -hmm. So that would just be an awareness thing and say, you, you, you might have to be particularly aware that you might undersell yourself because you're not particularly driven by money mm-hmm. or you might avoid taking um, responsibility for things that actually what you should be doing because mm-hmm. that'd be good for your business. Uh-huh. Or you might, you know, with, with the expert motivator, you might um, lose um, miss outs on learning stuff that actually that you need right. within your business because you're not particularly motivated to be a mm-hmm. specialist. Okay, you just want to be a generalist. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 possibly how we would
0: look at that and mm. on a business angle. So, so if we dig deeper into that in, in terms of those, those are my clusters. Yeah, I've then got um, a motivator score for each of the nine um, motivations. My highest is what's known as searcher. So um, that was in the growth um, cluster. What mm-hmm. what does that mean? So the searcher is
1: all about meaning and making a difference. So you you need, and your score is thirty two, which which is what we call a a, a spike. Which is a, any score over thirty is a spike. Mm-hmm. So that's something that has to be met. So. Your worth, you, you, your work um, needs to be worthwhile, or you feel that it's worthwhile. Uh-huh. You're making a difference, um, and that's really important to you. Mm-hmm. And if if that's not being met, if you don't feel that what you're doing is worthwhile, that can become seriously demotivating to you. Right?
0: Okay. Um, and then next in in line was one of those achievement scores, which is actually the the expert um, motivator. Uh, again, that seems relatively high at twenty-seven. Um, so, so, yeah, what's that saying? So, so that's saying that you are you
1: want to be seen as a specialist, uh, and I guess um, from what I know about you, that that's something that you're you're you that's being met. Mm-hmm. You're specialising in what you do, um, um, and also experts generally like to um, have opportunities to learn. Um, and be a specialist, that means that, you know, you're always looking for opportunities to uh, find m- more opportunities to expand your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And also, so experts generally like to pass on their knowledge. Okay. So any opportunities to, you know, pre- present to people to, to so that other people learn from them, I mm-hmm. mean, that's a good thing. You know, that's an opportunity they take yeah. up and, and, and like to do.
0: Okay. Again, I, I agree with that. And that's the motivation behind the, the yeah. podcast as well. Um, and then we're only looking at my, my top three here, but the mm-hmm. next one is, is friend. Does that mean I need people to like me or...? or uh... Well, you, you like to work with people that you like and
1: you you do uh-huh. actually go to work with to get uh, to have uh, a relationship almost like an extension to your social life mm-hmm. so that's important to you so that you you feel that you're almost having connections at work um, that are meaningful mm-hmm. um, um, and, and the, I think after explaining those top three the, think, the question I was, would ask you is how do you feel those top three motivations are being met
0: um, I, uh, firstly I think they're they're pretty accurate. Um, they wouldn't necessarily be what I would say were my motivations, but when you read through and then and there's more detail in the report you, you get. When you read through, it does it does resonate that, mm-hmm. that these are the, the the motivations for me. Mm-hmm. And I would say that they're they're being met. That the, the organisation I work within is uh, we're a small firm. There's, there's four of us in the business. Mm-hmm. So we're able to have that autonomy over what we do and how we advance um, the business uh, and again that's partly where the, the motivation for the podcast came from is to to try and fulfill those um, some of those motivations so yeah. I, I would say that firstly they're accurate and that they're being reasonably met yeah, yeah. Um, and, and we can look into that company on the um, next page before we do let's look at my um, least motivational um, score which is for the uh, the star motivation uh, and that I, c- I can see that's under a yellow line it's, what, it's like it's in the relegation zone yeah what,
1: what does <laughs> Yeah. so any, any score below 10 uh, and yours is nine uh, we look at as a, an inverse spike right so we talked about the, the top motivation being a spike so it's very important. Um, that you meet that um, an inverse spike um, indicates that you have an aversion to that mo- motivation. Right. So in this case, it's star, um, and the star motivation is about getting recognition um, and um, almost deriving some social esteem from what you do. So liking hierarchy, um, getting um, a job description, and having a badge. Mm-hmm. Those sort of things that high stars like, yeah. Any opportunity to to show people that they, you know, have a high standing in the organization, uh-huh. they're very um, um, quick to make sure everybody knows that they are, you know, someone special, yes. So, yours, um, so you, you are that's your lowest motivation, so that's the thing that doesn't apply to you. Mm-hmm. The thing to work, work, at, uh, sort of watch out for with that is that. You, you, as you have an aversion to it, anyone you work with that possibly has that high motivation um, and we generally all come across those sort of people and there's no good or bad motivations. It's just a matter of whether in context. Mm-hmm. If you come across someone with a high star, then you might find them a bit difficult to tolerate okay. in that they are acting in a behavior in a way that you aren't particularly um, happy with mm-hmm. and it's not the way that you would behave. Yeah. There's no right or wrong, um, it's just actually
0: accepting. And that's everybody. the key, isn't it? Is to understand that, that what motivates me and, and, and what my um, sort of outlook on life is is not going to be the same as everybody else, anybody I've seen in, in certain respects. And it's the appreciation of that that can help. Work yourself through certain issues and and concerns, particularly if you're running a business with your family. And you think, well, their family, of course, they're going to have the same outlook on life as as I am. We we've, we've all grown up together, or whatever it might be. Yeah. So so understanding this presumably helps to, you know, I can imagine yeah. people sat around the room going, oh yeah, that, yeah. that is
1: <laughs> yes. right. yeah. It is, and well, what, what the, what the key thing with motivations is is to um, use them for the benefit of the business and also for the benefit of the individual. So, someone we've just been talking about, star. So, a star not only wants recognition for themselves; they actually want recognition for their business. So, if you are looking for someone that's going to be promoting the business and getting out there and shouting about it on social media or whatever, they're generally going to be a good one because Mm -hmm. they will have no qualms about saying how brilliant they are or how brilliant the company is. Mm -hmm. Whereas someone like you and actually like me, who have a low star would probably have, you know, think twice about it. Mm. Um, So by using the motivations for the business, you can actually get people in the right roles Mm -hmm. and the right um, opportunities come along. I mentioned that I was actually quite uh, really excited in in our business when we were growing, and that's because I have a high creator. Mm -hmm. I like to innovate and bring new things in. Right, And when I become demotivated, it's because... I was doing too much of what I was not wanting to do, and that was the director. But I also wasn't doing anything or not enough of what things that did motivate me. Mm -hmm. And that was one of them was being creative, and that's big innovation uh, and changing the business and bringing new things in, which dried up. So a combination of my lowest motivator and one of my highest motivation Mm -hmm. Was actually caused me a problem um, and I didn't have the knowledge then that I
0: had yeah. have now, but I wish I had. Yeah, because it it's really tricky, isn't it? Because it, as you say, you were faced with a dilemma at, at 16 of do you go into A-levels or, or the family business. Presumably at some point when your motivation was going, you were thinking, I wish I could find something more and you were thinking, well, I can't because it's the family business. I'm kind of
1: I'm yeah. stuck here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, when when the retailer that came in and wanted to buy the business, it was it was such a relief to me that because I, I was feeling as if I was boxed in, there mm-hmm. was no way out, um, and um, it gave me the opportunity to actually find something new to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that that was more fortune really than anything else yeah. because I didn't actually sort of um, tackle it. I was probably just getting my head down, mm-hmm. and, um, getting on with it. Yeah. But this day and age, you, you know you don't need to just get your head down mm. you can actually think actually what's troubling you here motivation maps is one of the one of the tools that can give you a really useful
0: insight into mm-hmm. actually what's going on yeah and I'm guessing I think you mentioned it if you'd have known that those areas were what you needed in order to maintain your motivation it may have been a different story yeah yes indeed and um I probably took on a lot of
1: responsibility because of my actions, because I was innovative and I was taking responsibility for things because I wanted to push the business forward. I think other people, other family members, thought that what I I wanted was to be in control and being in that position of authority, Mm -hmm. but actually I didn't. I just wanted to run the project and, and make it successful. I didn't particularly want to be managing people and... Um, making all the decisions mm-hmm. what i wanted to do was actually work within the team to make things happen and not particularly be in charge right um and i think um looking back my elder brother who was uh, run, the, i run, run the business with he was far more in uh, um, more a higher director wanted more responsibility mm-hmm. and we could have had sat down and think well, actually how can we work work this for both of us yeah give him more responsibility and give me more of a you know, a more role within the business where I'm, you know, creating things and being
0: uh, involved with the team rather mm-hmm. than actually, you know, being in charge of the team. Yeah. So. And then that presumably would have resulted in a, a more efficient business, people yeah. in the right seats and and um, pushing forward f- from that perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we've looked at my three highest scores and my, my lowest score. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as I say, in the report, there's, there's details. I, I, on that, um, and then it looks at. I find it there. My current level of motivation. Um, there's a, a diagram at the bottom that shows four kind of um, quadrants, which go from action zone to risk zone to boost zone to optimal zone. So, can yeah. you just explain what those that means?
1: <laughs> okay, so um, we all. Really, ideally, want to be in the optimal zone, um, which is the eighty percent plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the re- and the way that this number is is worked out is 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 by looking at your top three motivations and and how you scored, how they're being met, mm-hmm. um, and how they're being fulfilled. Um, the, no- the top motivation being the most important, and then the, other, the next two being as not quite as important, but still obviously
0: important to you. Yeah. Um, so, so that's where the the, the number comes from mm-hmm. so the optimal zone starts at eighty percent mm-hmm. um, and it's su- suggesting on this report that I'm currently seventy five percent motivated, which is mm-hmm. in the the boost zone yeah um so uh, Again, we probably haven't got time to go into the huge amount of detail on it, mm-hmm. but, but how would I look to move myself from boost to, to optimal? So you, what the way you would do that is you would look at the scores
1: you've given for the searcher, expert, and friend, which are your top three motivations, um, and look at how you can increase the score. Um, each of those top three motivations, you have a page within the report where it gives you some strategies you can use, mm-hmm. um, which... Um, Which are generally quite useful, Mm -hmm. um, which will give you a boost and also keep you focused on actually what's really important to you, and so you don't sort of lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing I do with my my clients, it's not a document you just read and put aside. It's something that you keep looking at, reminding yourself what's Mm -hmm. important to me. Yeah. and so, each of, each of those strategies you can put in place, which will ma- maintain and also then gradually increase your motivation, because you'll, do, you'll be doing more of what motivates you. Mm-hmm. Just actually making that conscious, uh, being consciously aware of what motivates you, you can actually make conscious decisions yeah. to 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 maximise mm-hmm. your motivation.
0: So, so for um, if we look at searcher um, as an example, the, the motivation and strategies for for the surgery is to to identify my core values and reward yourself when I consciously realise one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, To seek out positive quality feedback. Uh, It says here I thrive on feedback, so make sure I get some and don't overlook social media. Um, So I will be tweeting in a minute as to to (laughs) how I'm doing. Um, And then avoid meaninglessness, um, which occurs most frequently when my work is repetitive and routine. Um, so if it is, I'm, I'm to avoid that because it's mundane to me. And some people might like that that side of it. I don't. That's right. Yeah, r- remove that.
1: From yeah, the, it the mundaneness um, is is something that um, yeah you want need to avoid. Um, and the sort of person that might like more mundane things is a defender motivation. Right. Okay. That they like things to be stable and secure and predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, you can transfer within within a family unit. You can transfer responsibilities for certain things, depending on motivations. Mm-hmm. But the search of motivation, the one thing that you want is that that, that feedback, mm-hmm. good quality feedback, from everywhere you can get it. Okay, um, and that's the one thing that will boost you and give
0: you that motivation to carry on doing what mm-hmm. you do. Perfect, okay. So that's something for, for me to, to take away. Yeah. Um. And, and in, I mean, presumably your, your work uses motivational maps and people's motivations to to help guide them and, and help them set goals and, and things to, to achieve. Yeah. What other benefits can come from us understanding our motivations uh, over and above, say, um, re- reading the, the sort of motivational strategy? You mentioned coming back to it and reviewing it. Would you suggest I review my answers? Well, I, I was
1: going to say that the thing, the, different, the main difference between a motivational map and a psychometric is a psychometric, you would tend to only do once. So anybody that's familiar with like the colour profiling, that sort of thing, um, you'd find out where your profile is, what your behavioural style is. And that generally won't won't change. Uh-huh. Uh, it's unlikely to. It does. It might it may do, but it, it, it doesn't tend to to change. Whereas motivations do change over time because things become less important and other things become more important uh-huh. as we move, move through our careers and um, through life events and all those things. Because so because motivations aren't just about what's happening at work. It's all about what's happening around us and uh-huh. what we want, um, and and. Um, re-checking in um, every 12 to 18 months I would recommend is a good thing because you can then find out firstly how your motivations possibly may be changing Mm -hmm. and also checking in as to how your current, you know, top motivations are being Mm -hmm. met. And so you get, again, a check-in, how's things going? uh, And you, you, it's like, um, it's almost like a check-in with your health, you know it's it's another thing you can Uh you know how's my health and you can go to the doctor and get your blood pressure checked and all those sort of things with motivation you can check in with it so where am I at the moment Uh what's most important to me how's it being fulfilled and then again you can make adjustments uh, based on that information
0: and and I'm guessing and I won't know until I revisit this in say 12 to 18 months time but let's say for example we use the searcher uh, motivation as a guide there I've gone away and I've made it um, a part of my role to now make sure I seek feedback mm-hmm. and I'm doing that I'm receiving that feedback and I'm adapting and, and that motivation score may go from 8 to 10 the, the, for me then the, the focus would be on making sure that I increase my overall motivation score not just focus on one area yeah. but but that continuing improvement means I'm focusing in the right areas rather than consistently just asking for feedback. Well that's right yeah once you've fulfilled it it's obviously
1: maintained but not going overboard. Yeah. Um, Give me more uh, feedback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, you don't want to be that person that's, you know, really annoying person that wants feedback all the time. But yeah. um, what you can do is there's, there's, I mean, there's so much more information within the map that um, especially a coach like me can use mm-hmm. because of the scoring system. Um, there is um, sometimes what comes out of a map is um, what we call a hygiene factor. Right. Um, so a hygiene factor is that a, a motivation, which isn't particularly important, but if it's not being met, it become, become, become demotivating. Right. The simplest way to describe that is that you might have a fantastic job, but you come to work and the place is like a pigsty. Mm-hmm. Okay, so working in, an, in, a, in a plush environment isn't particularly one of the things that motivates you. But actually, coming to work in a pigsty doesn't motivate you, and be- could become a problem. Yeah. Okay. So that's the way that works. So mm-hmm. if you've got a low score, we look at the low scores and think, well, actually, is this is this causing you a problem? Mm-hmm. Is there something you could do about it? Mm-hmm. So you, you can go into it in more and more detail, uh, and and use it. Even you know, get even more fulfilled in what you do, and eliminate more of the things that you don't want, mm-hmm. and avoid things, and maximise across the board where your motivations are.
0: Okay, fantastic. And it, is the motivational map the starting point when you work with people? So it's kind of this is this is where we're going to base our work from. It, it is because um, I think it's so important. If someone comes
1: to me and they're at early stages of a business. I want to know what motivates them, so that the business can be set up to work for them. Mm-hmm. There's no point in me working um, and setting up a business that might be making lots of money, but actually tying them up in, into so they have no free time. Yeah. If their highest motivation will spirit mm-hmm. and a free, you know, if you've got a high spirit, you want freedom, autonomy to do things in the way you want to and, and uh, when you want to. So, if a business that ties you down too much. Uh, long-term, because mm-hmm. we can all we can all um, manage motivation on a short-term basis, it's, some, it's when it's a long-term thing. So setting a business up according to your motivations is really important. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's one of the first steps. I also use psychometrics and some other tools just to get a clearer idea of exactly where the person is mm-hmm. and what they want from the business
0: and why they've gone into business, because mm-hmm. um, that's not always obvious. No. And particularly when it comes to, to family, sometimes we, yeah. we covered it in an earlier podcast is, is making sure you're in business for the, for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same reasons when it comes to family. Yeah,
1: and, 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 and having values um, that are, that are um, in, in tune and in line with motivations of each person is really important. So mm. when you come to that discussion about what's important with this business, how where are we going to take it? bringing in uh, the discussions about, well, what's important to me with my motivations gives a clear idea of where the values stand. Yeah. So it helps with that decision-making. Where are we taking it? What are we are going to do with it?
0: What's our aspirations? Where do we want to be in five years' mm. time, 10 years' time, or whatever? And presumably the overall aim is to, to ensure there's, there's better harmony within yeah. that, that business. So everybody is focused on that same overall goal. And, and as right. you say, that that's perhaps something that had you known about it 10 years ago rather than in the position you are in now, yeah. then it may have been a different story for um, for your own business.
1: I would definitely have made better decisions, right. definitely. Uh, and that's why I'm quite passionate about user motivation and mm. um, user motivation maps wherever I can, encouraging yeah. people to use them in the right way um, and maximize the information that's that's. Um,
0: displayed fantastic um that's been fascinating for me as I say I, I did approach it with a little bit of, of skepticism uh, I hadn't done an awful lot of reading uh, about it um but the questions were there's no right or wrong that they were which one that suits me and I think that the the three motivations that have come out of it have have highlighted my motivations. Um, There's some things I will be doing that we won't talk about on the podcast um, as a result (laughs) um, that that will hopefully see my overall motivation score uh, increase as well. And I'll I'll obviously keep in touch with you on that. Mm -hmm. Um, But but where can our audience find out more about you and and perhaps? Okay, yeah,
1: well, um, there's lots of information on my website, which is www.firstclasscoachingsolutions.com. And the first is not first as in the word it's it's number one ST as in the, the stamp mm-hmm. um, if you go to that there's plenty of information about all that I do uh, there's, there's a page there all about motivational maps um, and if the, any of the listeners are interested in completing a motivational map if you get in contact with me through my through my website mention the family business broadcast I will um, happily give you a free motivational map
0: and Fantastic. feedback session very generous thank you Excellent. And um, we'll put links to all of those in the show notes um, and ways for people to get in touch with you um, from there. Um, But thank you very much for your time and your insights. It's been been fantastic. And uh, I'll I'll come back to you in 12 months and we'll we'll see how I'm doing. (laughs) Thank you. It's been great. Cheers. That's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to leave us a review, please feel free to do so on iTunes if you want to get in touch you can find out more information at www.fambizpodcast.com we'll see you again soon